the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back. 602 is the number if you'd like to call in and talk with our guest. He loves taking your calls. And our guest is, as every Monday, Brandon J. Weikert, the publisher of the Weikert Report, W-E-I-C-H-E-R-T, WeikertReport.com, and author of the important book, Winning Space, one of the great books that came out of last year, How America Remains a Superpower. You betcha. Soon coming out in paperback. Well-deserved. How are you, Brandon? I am very well. Thank you for asking, and uh, thank you for plugging the new paperback. I'm still updating the manuscript, and it'll be to the publisher in the next week, hopefully, and then we'll have it out very soon. Fabulous. Fabulous. Good for you. Uh, you thank are you. perhaps, unless you read him in your readings, uh, too young to remember a sort of semi-progressive, semi-progressive, before progressivism got weird, uh, semi, yeah, right. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. let's take your average '60s leftist, okay? Yeah, that's before yes. it got weird. Is that fair enough? I don't know. <laughs> Noam Chomsky yeah. wasn't weird, right? Right, wasn't weird. Right. But right. there was a journalist, sure. independent journalist named uh, Isidore Stone, I.F. Stone. Oh, I have stone. Yeah, you, you, you're, you're yeah. maybe familiar with his writings. He wrote, mm-hmm. wrote an important book on Socrates, other things. In any event, he, uh, he once said, it's always a joy opening up the Washington Post to see which page the first page story will be on. <laughs> and the, so I was just thinking about in regard to you, you know, I'm just looking around the world, the falling out, Afghanistan, and I see, okay, yeah. Iran has resumed flights to <laughs> Afghanistan, yeah. irrespective yeah. of Afghanistan, but maybe not. France has were mm-hmm. called an ambassador to the United States, yeah. which you would think would be front-page news right. if it were President right. Trump, I'm sure. We can go on and on. Um, why, why, why do we need to ask, would someone really be looking forward to opening up flight pl- plane and traffic routes into Afghanistan again. Well, yeah, let, let's start there. I was worried well, when Iran was opening up flights to Venezuela. Afghanistan yes. isn't as close, but it's of equal concern just given the history, yeah? Yes, and if you remember my op-ed in Real Clear World from a week and a half ago, I talked about how the Eurasian steel trap is yeah. closing. Yeah. Um, so basically, the first point, just to point out why that story would be the first thing you see in the Washington Post. Well, because it kind of makes Biden look good, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, not anybody besides those Marines and, and soldiers died in the evacuation, and now they're running on, on MSNBC. I watched it so you don't have to. They're running all day with this uh, story of 85 Americans have been evacuated from Afghanistan yeah. by the Qataris. Yeah. Uh, so what they're doing right now, I think, is they're trying to puff up the greatest evacuations, as Biden referred to it as, multiple times. Of course, it wasn't. But I think the press, the mainstream so-called press, is trying to prop up Biden's disastrous uh, evacuation, 
with these kind of stories about how, well, life is resuming. It's yep. a new Taliban. Right. Uh, and then also, I think there's another ulterior motive here. I think our political betters uh, are laying the groundwork in the press for kind of getting people acclimated, readers acclimated, uh, to the notion that Iran is just a normal country like any other country. And they do regular traveling, you know, all around the world. And even whereas we fled Afghanistan, Iran is the same rational country and maybe even have this great relationship with Afghanistan. So why shouldn't we have a more peaceful, amicable, open relationship with Iran of the kind that Obama tried to create with the 2015 nuclear deal and also of the kind that Nixon created with China? We all know how that ended up. But that that's basically, I think, why a story like that would have been one of the lead stories in the mainstream press today. It's all about shaping perception. I agree with that. And any story that can distract from the fiasco that was the Afghanistan withdrawal seems right. to be fair game, uh, even right. e- even if it includes, you know, uh, a tantalizing and interesting homicide in a state not a lot of us think a lot about all the time, Wyoming, right? right? I mean, anything right. you can right. make. Well, and actually, you know, she, the, she and her uh, fiancé are about 20 minutes up the road. They're from Northport. I, I'm down in southwest Florida. I'm yeah. In, Fort Myers area, so that's that's like the next town up. Oh, okay, so, okay. Yeah, so it is quite a big deal down here. But it's, in my opinion, with all due respect to the victim, it's not worth being the wall-to-wall cover. I, Brandon, I'm with you. you I was know? wondering about that. I was wondering how it's did... it's just a nice distraction. There's like 30, I was looking up over the break, it. there's 30 homicides right. in Wyoming a year. There's 400 right. in Arizona. right. Right, and and no one's talking about Chicago. My wife went to school, you know, where there's a death every, you know, I think it's like every 20 minutes there's like a death from, you know, gang-related or criminal violence. Uh, And then, you know, and in the meanwhile, no one's talking about this disgusting display by AOC and her fellow elites at the Met Gala, where you had servants having to wear masks, but not the elite. Uh, No one's talking about that. No one's talking about how... We in this country are witnessing one of the worst forms of wealth destruction uh, with this massive spending bill. And again, it's not that I don't believe we need infrastructure. I'm one of the few Republicans who really is for infrastructure spending. But when you look at what they want to spend this on, it's not really on infrastructure. It's on Democrat payouts. And no one's talking about that, very few. And no one's talking about, getting back to foreign policy, how... We, Biden, has so aggravated America's oldest ally in France that for the first time in our 200-year history, they have recalled their ambassador from our, our country. They have recalled the French ambassador over this deal with Australia. No one's talking about that. So these are running disasters that's happening in Biden's America, and no one's talking about it. We're all talking about... You know, these these things that in the case of this Wyoming story, it's very sad, but ultimately it's not that newsworthy when you compare to what the international stories are. Or we're talking about how Iran is a normal country getting flights into Afghanistan, whereas we, this insane country, are fleeing. Uh, so you, you see, it's, it's just very interesting how this all works out. Uh, yeah, well, you raise, you raise an interesting uh, adjunct point here, Brandon. 
too about about the very about the various stories and the distraction, but also something that you know cuts a little deeper. And you and I haven't probably done this level of analysis, but it is becoming the case, isn't it, that when you see you know dual standards of COVID mitigation that you mentioned, or when you um, hear about, you know, this death is something the nation should turn its lonely eyes to, but ignore what's happening in Chicago. Wyoming is a red state, after all. Let's highlight that murder. Maybe there's some of that going on. I don't know. Maybe that it's uh, a a white male potential assailant is, is part of it. I don't know. It's interesting to find. It would be interesting to know the psychology of why this one case is so much more of national uh, eminence than others. Right. But let me let me let me do this with you, because I think you first see it with foreign policy, but increasingly Americans are coming to view it domestically infrastructure three point five or or any number, really. Let's just call it what I don't know, some of the early numbers we wanted on infrastructure, 700 billion or 800 billion. Let's say we're going to spend it. It's going to pass at some level or another. And four years from now, you will have the experience that I will have, whether you're on A1A or I'm on I-10 or Camelback Road. People will say, why Why are they doing construction again? I thought we fixed this with the $800 billion. Um, Miami International will be no less of a third-world airport after this spending than it is now. I'm sorry if I'm insulting your airport, but last time I was there, it felt like like a a third-world airport. Because we all know the money isn't going to go there, just as we know that the next time the Secretary of Homeland Security guarantees us the the uh, of the of the sanctity of a border, we know that's not true. We're just tired of being told things that don't end up being true. Right. Tremendous amount of cynicism here now. Well, yeah. Every American will get out. Now, I'm glad we're talking about the 85, I suppose. But I'm worried that we're not talking about the much greater than 100 that were left behind. Right, right. And you see this, by the way, where Americans are losing faith in their institutions, and it's in no small part to the misinformation. And it's not just misinformation from kind of the far right, which there is a problem with that, but there's it's it's really the information from the the big names, New York Times, Washington. Hold hold the thought, buddy. Let's 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 delve into it. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about this a little little philosophically when we come back? That would be great. We'll do. And he's a mind alive. I, I, Brandon J. Weikert, I love it. You can get his, um, you can get his thoughts when he publishes them, as he publishes them at the Weikert Report, theweikertreport dot com. Totally free. W e i c h e r t. Theweikertreport dot com. Be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Brandon J. Weikert is our guest. We're going to have a little monkey's music here today, uh, Brandon, just to warn you, because I saw them last night, or at least two, the two remaining monkeys that are still with us, Mickey Dolans and... Uh, Mike uh, Mike Nesmith. Uh, so that's what explains that. You're, you're too young to be a monkey's. Uh, well, we're, my wife and I are going to see Eric Clapton in Tampa Bay this weekend. So we're are you really? So, yeah, I, I yeah, suggested yeah, yeah. to the – I've seen him twice. Never in this country, by the way, interestingly enough. Yeah. Twice in other countries. Once outside at an outdoor concert venue in Jerusalem and once at Albert Hall in London. And I was Uh saying to the audience last week, music's such a big part of the show. If you had to listen to one person all day without getting sick of it, you know, or one band, what would it be? And I said, I think a lot of people might answer Eric Clapton. 
you know, his yeah. stuff is diverse and wide enough that you could yeah. probably you could do have a Clapton day and not grow sick of him. But he's a tre- right. tremendously talented yeah, musician. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you're going to do that. That'll be fun. Give us yeah. a report on that, Nick. When are you going? I will. I will uh, this weekend. Good. We'll give, Sunday night. We'll good. Give us a Sunday, report so. Monday. It'll be fresh oh, on your mind. I'll give you a review of the monkeys. <laughs> you give me a review of Eric Clapton. No problem. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> I think he's younger. How old is Eric Clapton? I think he's younger than the monkeys. Oh, I'm not sure. Let's. He's, I think he might be a little bit younger than the monkeys. Yeah, I'm thinking he is too. Yeah. In any event, uh, we were talking. <laughs> we were talking about um, we were talking about the cynicism uh, in this country. It leads to all kinds of anxiety, but it comes from our institutions basically not telling us the truth. Institutions which are, of course, led by people, and mm-hmm. and 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 you know, a cynical country is an unhealthy country because there's no rule of law after a certain point, mm-hmm. right? There's right. no there's no lingua franca, there's no common language, there's no common culture, and there's really no no rule of law. So you can end up, I suppose, like a, like a state like California, where you just change the laws to comport with behavior rather than have a society that has its behavior comport with laws, right? So they, right. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You they right. get rid of misdemeanors. Okay, our crime is right. down. Yeah, sure. And the buffalo herd right. would be smaller if you called buffaloes ducks. <laughs> I, I get it. Right. <laughs> anyway, right. talk to me about right. cynicism in our institutions. Uh, well, I mean, it's... We've become consumed by it as a people, but also the institutions have become kind of dispensations of of cynicism. Um, We saw this in 2016. One of the main reasons that I, well, not I, but that so many people voted for Donald Trump was for the simple fact that they didn't like that Hillary Clinton and her family and those like her clearly lived by a different set of rules. And those people, Hillary Clinton and those like her, were part of the system. You know, Donald Trump was a guy from the outside. Donald Trump was brash. He was a private sector guy. Hillary Clinton and people like her in 2016 were all from the government, and it was so obvious to your almost average voter who didn't care one lick about politics that that woman was entitled and that that she she represented uh, a kind of mentality from people who are supposed to be civil servants that disgusted most people. Many Democrats voted against her just because of that that kind of mentality. And so you take that great kind of specific example and you apply it outward. You look at how the IRS, the IRS does not go after everyone equally. No. Uh, you know, you look at, and everybody knows it. You 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 look at uh, you know the you look at what happened to Donald Trump the so-called deep state I like to call it the administrative state how the intelligence services all rallied against him and frankly was engaged in some pretty nefarious illegal activities bordering on creating a military junta with Mark Milley, uh in the last months of Trump's presidency uh, as detailed by Bob Woodward's new book coming out tomorrow Peril. Um, you know, people see this and they think the system's not working for them. Right. They will see it in the newspapers. It is so obvious that there is a bias in this in this country's newspapers. And you and I have spoken about this before, I know. It's not even like a fun bias. Like Pakistan and even the British tabloids, you know they're biased, but at least they're funny about it. Our bias in this country is so one-sided and humorless. It borders on totalitarian. And people can sense it intuitively, and they don't like it. And they lose faith when these, these kind of repeated instances come out 
to, you know, for everyone to see where our, our institutions are clearly not working for us. They're working for people who are in positions of power and who try to insulate and separate themselves from the people like you and I who they're supposed to be serving. I think that's a really good way to put it. Um, and, and, and you had put it in the previous segment that Americans see this in a lack of, you know, a lack of unfairness, too. There's a big part of it, whether right. it's COVID, but it could also be journalism. I mean, I think Americans yeah. sense that the journalistic community will much more readily investigate an R than a D. Uh, they, will, right. they will put on the front page of the New York Times a, uh, a, a salute and I welcome Matt to the first female governor of New York on the same day they will put on the front page of that same paper, the New York Times, a story on Larry Elder, not ever once mentioning right. either that he's black right. or would be the first black governor of California. Right. Well, and, and yeah, and also I mean, it's remember, that subtle and it's that obvious, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and just just remember, if what happened in Afghanistan had happened under Trump, they would have probably impeached him again. OK. And if and if what happened with France over the U.S.-Australia nuclear sub deal that just happened this last few days, if that had happened under Trump, this would have been wall to wall coverage of how he needed to go. Trump, if this had happened under him instead of Biden. But with Biden, we're not only told to accept the official narrative that this is all situation normal standard operating procedure, but then we're attacked and impugned for even questioning it. And people see that and they don't like it because anybody with half, you know, with half their brain tied behind their back, anybody who spends, you know, most of the day not caring about politics, if they turn on the news and they see what's going on between the U.S. and France, they're going to go, wait a second, that's not how it's supposed to be. That's not right. What's going on? This is France. This isn't, you know, we're not, it's not even Germany. It's France. This is, you know, everybody knows France, they can be a pain in the neck, but they're our oldest ally. Why are they in the first time in our centuries-long relationship, for the first time ever, recalling their ambassador? Because of something that Joe Biden explicitly did. I happen to agree with Joe Biden on this, that we needed to sell nuclear submarines. Yeah, a lot of people, uh, yeah, no, a lot of people have weighed in on, but, the, on the benefit right. of the deal itself. But... There's a way to go about it. Remember Han Solo in the original Star Wars when he looks at uh, Luke and he says, uh, flying through hyperspace ain't like dust in crops, farm boy. It takes finesse. <laughs> That's what we need. You know? <laughs> That's what we need. I love it. Let me come right back with you. Let's yeah. talk a little bit more. There's this great line from, um, uh, from, uh, from C.S. Lewis about propaganda. And it's really interesting because you were talking about the blue color or the white color or the different classes of Americans that have to live by different rules. And it's interesting right. what C.S. Lewis says about who who needs to be working on who in this in this in this modern age. It's the people right. who read the newspapers, he said, are subject to propaganda <laughs> in the first place. They'll believe anything. We have to work on the people who don't believe and who don't read the newspapers because <laughs> they know the world. All right, we'll be right back with Brandon who also knows the world. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, talking with Brandon J. Weichert, W-E-I-C-H-E-R-T. I spell it because the WeichertReport.com is his website, free and just full of great information. 
if you're interested in um, the world scene or a keen mind on politics here generally, too. Brandon, pick up where, where we were when we when we just left off. We're talking about, you know, one rule for the Greeks effectively and one rule for the Romans in a country called America. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Well, it, it's very apparent, right? I mean, just what you're allowed to even question or write on a social media post. And then we find out, I think it was the Wall Street Journal over the weekend had this expose where apparently there's a cluster of accounts that belong to sort of elite figures on Facebook, and they are never, ever going to be punished for anything that they write on those accounts because they're protected. Mm. But everybody else, you know, so that, those accounts could write, you know, that account could write a COVID denial, you know, series of posts and likely never be punished. But if somebody has something about COVID on their Facebook, they're going to get at least one of those stupid little, you know, warning signs about how it's, you know, COVID. Do you sure you want to post? So it's one rule set for the others. I have a I have a colleague who is a former newscaster uh, on Twitter, and she has a, you know, a little blue check. And she was talking to me a few weeks ago, and she said, she was wait a second, she said, why don't you have a blue check? And I said, I said, she said, you have twice as many followers as I do. And I said, I know. I said, but I'm a conservative. <laughs> they don't give us those anymore. Yeah. You know, it's automatically. It's, uh, I've applied. You know, years ago I applied, but but I never. They told me I, I didn't qualify. And the reason is very obvious. It's because I am technically a media figure. I do technically have a media brand, uh, but I don't. I don't qualify because my opinions do not uh, are not entirely acceptable to the people who really run our country, who run our society, the oligarchs. And it's funny too because and I'm fine with that. By well, well, I'm sure. I'm I, yeah, that. no, I, I'm fine without having one as well. I just think it's interesting that you know someone someone would have fun, and someday maybe in a creative lawsuit we will see those that were banned and their record of veracity right. over the course of a year versus those that were allowed right. to continue to perpetuate myths, like say Joe Biden right. uh, or right. lies. Exactly. You know, exactly. Those, when he literally for multiple days stood up on live television and burbled his way through these horrible events in Afghanistan that he triggered with his decision. And then he would look in the camera with a straight face and say, this is the greatest evacuation yeah. in history. Yeah. There's no possible way, he said, an evacuation could have gone better. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you know, you know who's really laughing? The Chinese. The Chinese. They're laughing. Or they Baghdad Bob may be laughing. I, I, I don't right. know if he's still <laughs> with us or against us. Maybe he's crying. Right. He thinks right. he got a bad rap. He just said right. one false thing. Well, he thing. might actually find a job with Jen Psaki at this point. He could be communications uh, you know, director. Yes. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is like, this is comical. And, and you know, the Chinese, they don't have to do anything. All they have to do is take clips of people hanging from the planes. And, and showing the explosions going on and people, you know, desperate in, in Afghanistan to say, see, Taiwan, this is what an alliance with America, this is how it always ends. That's all they have to do, and they are doing that for propaganda. Um, you know, and, and everybody intuitively in America knows it was a botched operation. Everybody intuitively knows that our society has become a class society. Everybody knows this, but you're not allowed to say it. And that just aggravates more people in more places because it's not right. So the, the Facebook example, the Twitter example, I don't really care about social media. In fact, I would hope, wish the whole enterprise would collapse. But personally, that's a kind of a snapshot or a microcosm in our daily lives of just how bifurcated our society really is. 
and it's really scary. And, it's, and you know, it, these events are all connected because it's one set of rules for the oligarchs and another set of rules for the rest of us. And if one of us were ever president, and Donald Trump was, even though he was a billionaire, he was mentally and kind of, you know, personality-wise more like one of us. Uh, whenever he did anything, he looked the wrong way. They went after him. They impeached him. They impugned him. It didn't matter. Biden literally botches what should have been a no-brainer with, with France, with Australia and France, which should have been an easy evacuation in Afghanistan. He botches these things, and the media look at us and tell us that this is the way it is. It's the greatest event. He should be rewarded. He's a hero. And the rest of us are told to sit out and shut up. And we, 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 like sit here, we sit here and watch a situation where the president of the United States is impeached for making a call about foreign aid to an ally, but the chairman of the Joint Chiefs is considered a hero by that same exact party that impeached President Trump over a phone call to Ukraine. That that, that they, they This administration has a chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff who calls an enemy and discusses, <laughs> discusses, discloses with the enemy our strategic, if not tactical, responses and military plans. Perfectly fine that, calling an ally and giving them foreign aid, impeachable. Portions of the show brought to you by Cool Touch Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing. Ignore the heating. Keep them in mind for air conditioning and plumbing right now. Heating we'll get to in time. But for right now, if you need simply the best company, the one that will do what they say say that will and say what they'll do with specificity and on time, you want Cool Touch Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing. For all your air conditioning and plumbing needs right now, it's the company I use. The customer service is legendary. You have to use them to know what I'm talking about. The moment you're on the phone with them, you know you're in good hands. Whether you're in the market for a new air conditioning system or whether you need a repair on your current one, a replacement, any kind of inspection, uh, or same goes for plumbing. Cool Touch Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing. CoolTouchAC.com. That's CoolTouchAC.com. It's the company my friends and my family use. Brandon J. Weikert is our guest. And quick call for you, Brandon, from Rob yeah. in Surprise on the French recall of their ambassador. Hello, Rob. You're on with Brandon. Well, hi, uh, Seth. Thank you. I hope you got in. Hi, Brandon. Uh, thanks. Hello. I hope you guys had a great weekend. Um, when I was um, looking up the whole French thing and recalling the ambassadors, I, I discovered that um, there was previously apparently either a contract or a deal uh, for nuclear submarines with Australia. And then at some point it got canceled, uh, and they decided, I guess, to go with us. And uh, I don't know the details because, again, like the media pr prefers to do, they never give us much of the details. But I'm reminded of, uh, you know, the old Calvin Coolidge quote about the business of America is business. And to me, this strikes me as, a great business opportunity for America. Yes. Yes. Uh, it's a wonderful business opportunity, but again, this, this goes 
to the way in which we're doing it. Um, it's a great move. It's bringing the U.K. and America together with Australia. Uh, but we also need to keep the French happy to some degree. And uh, the way that Mr. Biden went about this was to basically humiliate the French. Now, my, our, my friend Leon Hadar, writing in the Spectator World today, said that was, that was part of the, the reason that Biden did what he did, was to humiliate the French, because if you remember in December of last year during the transition from Trump to Biden, the Europeans went behind America's back knowing we were distracted and the EU signed this trade deal with China. And so this was sort of revenge, Leon was saying. I think that might be true, but the problem is France is still a military-capable nuclear force, and what's going to happen now that we've humiliated them and made them lose $90 billion after years that they were working on this contract to sell their submarines to Australia, I think what's going to happen is France is going to start distancing, and then they're going to pivot and get closer to Russia, which is going to have seismic issues for Europe. Germany is already getting close to Russia for, for economic reasons. Uh, France is going to get closer to Russia for military reasons, and that's going to all resonate in making sure that Europe moves away from the United States and probably moves closer not just to Russia, but China as well. So this could be a real seismic event if we're not careful. On top of that, uh, Brandon, you know, it's it has to do with an international framework that I've always been less interested in than most. But I will tell you, when it comes to that, on top of Joe Biden's interactions with NATO vis-a-vis Afghanistan, it looks like what Joe Biden, former chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, has done in foreign relations and international relations, foreign policy and international relations, in eight months is uh, is is about ten times any purported offense Donald Trump could have had with our allies. Right. I mean, Donald Trump didn't well, do anything to NATO like Don like Joe Biden right. has. Now, now on the one hand, you say, well, you know, Biden is, seems to be following the Trump pattern, but actually, Trump forced NATO countries outside of the United States to start spending more on their defense to bolster the It was a strengthening of NATO at the end of the day. Right, right. Now, now what what Biden's doing is he's basically risking NATO's unity by annoying and aggravating the most powerful European military power, France, the way he did. He's doing that in order to sort of build this new alliance in the Indo-Pacific to counter China. The problem is, though, there's no reason why we had to sacrifice our relationship with France or to at least damage it the way that we did, to get this deal with Australia. We could have figured out a way to sort of grease the wheels with France to say, hey, look, there's already been delays with your submarine sale. The Australians are already unhappy, and there's not going to be interoperability. Why don't we make the, make up the difference, or we'll set you up with a new contract where you're not going to lose too much money? You want to save face, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And Biden could have helped the French to save face, and they would have probably been very happy about that. But instead, we've angered them. And it's not like France doesn't have interest in the Pacific. So now we're, we're aggravating a non-English-speaking power. The rest of the region is looking at it. Japan is very squeamish about this alliance, the U.S.-Australia-U.K. Uh, alliance, because they're, they're remembering their history. Remember, imperialism, European colonization, this is a big issue still in that part of the world. 
And so what they're looking at is, yes, they need America and the Brits and Australia to come on board and help countries like Japan and India to bracket China. But they're also thinking back to their history and going, you know, this is an English-only club, and we used to be the brunt of the English-speaking people's imperialism and colonization. We don't know how we feel about that. And so this is sending a signal that we're not even going to let the French in. We're not even going to work with the French. So this could hurt us. Uh, again, though, we'll see how that goes. And right now, I do think, generally speaking, it was the right move. But the way we did it lacked the net. And remember, Joe Biden ran on I'm Mr. Competent, right? That was his big campaign pledge. I'm returning competency. I'm going to restore our relations with Europe. He's doing neither. In fact, he's showing the world the exact opposite. And that is going to hurt us in the long run, I think. You know, it's funny. I, I don't know if you watched, but on the very first day of the Biden administration when Jen Psaki gave her very first press briefing, and I think it lasted all of eight or nine minutes at most, at most, the, you know, she came out and did it very simply, and, and the press was very simple, and, and, and the whole atmosphere was about this is the new calm, this is how things right. are supposed to be, this is what a well-oiled machine right. feels like, this is what chaos <laughs> right doesn't feel like, this is what it feels like when chaos isn't your normal. And right. you had Anthony Fauci giving his first briefing on COVID, and he says one thing we're going to get do differently than the previous administration is if we don't know something, we'll tell you. And it was all these statements and and efforts to show that this was going to be, you know, a greater a return to normalcy, if you will, a return to right. normalcy. And I got to tell right. you, after all this, it just seems like most of us would take the abnormal back. I mean, there's just not a thing that's yeah. ma been made better, except that we're not getting, you know, Nasty, rude, mean, or offensive tweets. Right. Yeah, I suppose. Well, now, but, but now we're getting nasty, rude, angry allies. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's the point. That's a great line right. for his speech. Would you ra re Would you rather nasty, rude, and rude tweets or nasty and rude statements from our allies? Exactly right. 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 Brandon J. Weikert, you're the best. Bless you, sir. It was Thank a fast you, hour. Talk we'll talk to you next week. week. Yep. Thank you. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Lance is in Phoenix. Hello, Lance. Hi, how are you, Seth? I'm well. How are you? Doing very well. Um, hey, just wanted to bring something to your attention and your viewers. Um, I have a friend uh, that is getting a job uh, at a company called MyID, uh, which is an a, a Internet security company, but they just are getting a contract from the Pentagon to pretty much, you know, um, consolidate everyone's um, social security number, tax report, internet search history, phone calls, text messages. They're going to create a, an interconnected web of all those various data that they already have, already collect, just kind of connecting the dots of, of every individual person and then coordinating how who talks to who, who interacts with who to build profiles out for people, uh, much like what they do in the Communist Republic of China, uh, and you know this is just clearly a first step to creating a social credit score, like they do in China, where if you say or search anything negative about the government, they're going to ding you, uh, and then you know maybe you have to pay a little bit extra on your interest rate for your home, or maybe you don't qualify to use public transportation. Um, so this is just you know something very troubling 
that I haven't really seen any uh, news reporting on because it just doesn't seem like anyone's you know either looking for it or knows to look for it. Well, it's a, I'm glad you raised it, Lance, and I, I'll confess I don't know about that specific company, but I'll, I'll, I'll just point out a couple of things. I think a lot of people are waking up to the notion that it's entirely likely at this point that good, 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 strong and big, strong and big private corporations may know more about you than even the federal government based on what you've given to them voluntarily, even if voluntarily without knowing it. Um, who knows what, what you're signing on to when you accept, you know, an app or a website uh, is it is it mere coincidence that when you're looking something up, you are then bombarded with ads for that kind of product, or the or or similar products? Sometimes even just simply discussing it gets you those ads. I've heard those reports, but I'll tell you what is what what I find interesting about the social credit scoring, which I do believe is going on in this country, mostly from private industry, more so from the government. But I don't know that the distinction will matter much, quite frankly, either. And we can get into that. But when I think about this, I just I just think about where we are as a country when the left, you know, was screaming Gestapo tactics about show me your papers when it came to verifying the identification of voters who might be illegal aliens. We couldn't have people showing their papers for that purpose. But what have we now? What have we now? That was for illegal aliens. But of course, when it comes to actual American citizens, oh, they're all down with show me your papers. Uh, It's the same. It's the same ethic that thinks we have to be excruciatingly tough on American citizens with this disease, but not illegal immigrants. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 